everyone, and welcome to episode 118 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, and thank you for listening. If it's your first time here, we talk about video game and movie news, as well as what we watched or played over the week. My name is Barry, along with my co-hosts. My name is Craig. And when you have it, my name is also Craig. Oh, oh my gosh, two Craigs. Oh, man. So many Craigs floating around. Yeah, we need People should be used to it by now, though. Yeah, right. Uh, what people should also be used to is the news starting up every segment, the first segment of the podcast. I that wasn't my best. one. All right. It was all right. OK. You I, I stumbled a little bit. I, I almost didn't have a segue. But then you said, you know, the uh, there's two crags and, you know, a foot and all that. Kind I like of stuff. how you adjusted, you know, thinking yeah. on the fly is a good thing. It is. I have to or at least I try to. But let's go ahead and get into the news. The major news this week, of course, as everyone is probably to expect, is the God of War announcement. We have uh, God of War coming out November 9th with two collector's editions. And I will go over what the two collector's editions entail for the audience here. So we have the regular edition, of course. Nothing too crazy with the regular edition. You're going to get the game and some snow armor for both Kratos and Atreus. Atre- yep. Yes, yeah, Atreus. Yes, oh boy, it. I almost forgot his name. It's been a while. We then, we then have the Ragnarok edition, which comes with like a Keeper Shrine, a Steelbook with the game disc not included, a 16-inch uh, Molnir replica, a Dwarven dice set and two Vanier twins carvings along with the downloadable content has the full game for both PS4 and PS5 an avatar set mini art book and the digital God of War soundtrack and a PlayStation four theme because five doesn't do themes anymore. Hmm. And then the big boy edition, the Yotnar <laughs> edition comes the with a couple boy. extra things has a legendary d- drop droop near ring, a, <laughs> Yagdrasil cloth map. I like a how you're pronouncing these. Yeah. Falcon, Bear, and Wolf pin set. A seven-inch vinyl record of for music of the game, and everything else has been included. So no price has been released yet, but pre-orders are going to be on July fifteenth. So even when this is up, you'll still have some time to get the uh, pre-order these editions. Mini rant: I gotta go on because now Sony's yep. done this with yes, two please. games. I hate the fact that they're just not giving you the physical game in either of the collector's editions. And it was the same thing with Horizon Zero Dawn, where I went ahead and I needed the physical game so bad that I went and bought the physical PS5 version of the game and then gave the digital code to one of my friends. So I really hate that for whatever reason Sony's doing this. And for I get that like people really like having their games digital, but if you're buying the collector's any edition of a game, you probably want that disc physical because you're getting all this yeah. physical, and I'm going to say it, physical crap uh, yeah. with it. So I think it looks really cool. Don't get me wrong. I think they, they do good collector's editions. But the fact that you don't get these physical games, I think is really, really stupid. All of the money people are spending for these editions should come with at least the PS4 version of the game. And then you can upgrade it to the PS5 edition uh, when you insert the game and download the PS5 edition, that kind of thing. 
I don't get why that's not a thing and why it's not being implemented more. Uh, It just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how you guys feel about it, and I imagine you guys feel the same way. But uh, But why why give us a digital game with a bunch of physical stuff? Yeah, yeah. You and I had talked off, you know, when we're not recording, but. The issue I have is they announced those things and I haven't bought in a big collector's edition in years at this point. Um, I think the last gigantic one I bought was like Uncharted 3. Um, but I was super looking forward to it. Uh, this past Christmas, my wife actually bought me a, a record player. So I'm starting to get into collecting vinyls. Oh, wow. So okay. when I saw the vinyl, I was like, oh, my God, like, that's so cool. Like, I want to have that. Um, but yeah, as soon as I saw that they did not include the physical disc, I immediately went from, I'm getting that to, I'm not getting that. Um, I hate that fact. I, I don't want to put a steel book on my shelf with nothing in it. Um, I don't know if this is like Sony's way of combating trade-in maybe. I don't know if that's still something they're concerned about. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't. Something about it just doesn't add up in my head that they wouldn't just put the disc that they're already making millions, maybe not millions, thousands and tens of thousands of copies of that. You can't put one in that box that I'm going to pay three, three hundred fifty dollars for. It's ridiculous. And as far as I know, they're the only ones doing it right. Like Microsoft and Nintendo aren't doing that in their collectors, right? No, it doesn't feel like they are yet or it hasn't. This is something fairly new, and to be honest, we haven't had huge games come out for either Nintendo or Xbox uh, mm-hmm. within the time frame that Sony's done Horizon and now God of War Ragnarok. And I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know if it strikes a chord with you guys because, I mean, even if you're, even if you were born after 2000, when you were a kid and you were playing your games, you always kind of had that physicality aspect of, of your video games. And I get that like digital editions definitely are for a specific type of person or even like so for somebody like me who normally likes physical copies a specific time. There are times where I do like a digital edition, but I'm with you two. When I'm dropping 200 at a minimum and getting literally the director's pencil that he used to write up like you know the actual like notes on the game and i'm getting all these different factors in this huge box i don't understand why they can't just add a physical copy of the game and it's it it feels like there was something missing like i pre-ordered the forbidden west like special i didn't get the one you got barry i got the uh the lesser one, the the one that was white, not black. I forget what they were called. The regalia. I think the, the regalia. regalia edition. Mine when yeah. it was like the West Regala or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And it was fantastic what was in it. But I spent, because I honestly forgot, I spent a, 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 an extra minute or two looking for a disc because my mind was so excited uh, with just the fact that I had it that I forgot that I wasn't getting a disc. And like I remember like feeling like, huh, like something's missing. So I don't know why they're choosing to do it. It's it's not the best move, and it doesn't monetarily feel like you're a VIP, you know, for spending the money, the spending the VIP money, you know. Yep. I don't know. Well, I think I think one of the reasons they're doing it, and this isn't me defending Sony at all. I think it's because these console games are such hybrids that you can't put two discs in there. You like because people are going to be buying this game for PS4 or PS5, 
putting two discs in there, like, yeah, that's technically two versions of the game. You can't do that. Which is why I think, you know, you should put the PS4 edition or at this point, like, the, I know, like, in some of the games, there's, like, the PS4 logo. And let me see whether or not I I have a might have a real life example here for the uh, for the physical viewership. Yeah. So here here's yeah. here's one of the games I'll be talking about this week. But for the uh, for the video, you see where it says PS4 here? Yeah, like. I think you should just add a slash like a horizontal slash to it and put slash PS5 and then the other the other part of the PS5 logo there. So that yeah. way people know that your game will be work for the PS4, or the PS5. And I swear to God, Sony, if you take this idea from me, you better copyright <laughs> me on this. Uh, yeah, it's. It, it's ridiculous, the amount of money that people are going to be paying for this thing, and I know the resale value is also going to be ridiculous for all of for all of this stuff, but yep. they. That's not an excuse to not be putting the physical copy of the game in here and. You know, so, I I have a feeling they'll release the vinyl because I'm much like you, Craig. I want that vinyl as well, and I'm hoping yep. they release it separately because they've they've done it before. The God of War vinyl has come out, like it did come out later. It was never a bundled in thing with any of the collector's editions of God of War. So I'm hoping that it's usually I am eight bit is mm -hmm. usually the people who have a lot of vinyls in their collection and sometimes get the licensing to sell these vinyls from the other companies. So. I'm hoping that's the case and that I can still get my hand on this vinyl later, but it, this might be an exclusive thing and it's going to suck for anybody who's trying to collect it. Yeah. yeah. So, cause you know, somebody will try and resell it for a hundred dollars, right? The vinyl. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the question. It's worth we... 40 or 60. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We All already right. got a Craig's answer on this essentially, but Barry, do you still pre-order it on Friday? I, I will pre-order it, but I'm not getting it either of the collector's editions. Uh, my yeah. cases are pretty full right now. Uh, I don't... I'll pre-order the regular edition for that Snow Armor and to right. let, you know, interest, you know, let people know I'm interested in the game. But, yeah, there's, there's no reason for me to be getting these collector's editions. Uh, and it's not just, like, the physical thing. It's just, like, I've spent, spent money on that Horizon one. I just don't feel the need to get a to get a replica Mjolnir, I guess. I think that's I guess that's more the reason why it's it's cool and stuff, but just not for me. Yeah, I agree. So next up on my list is because of God of War getting announced, it seems as though Forspoken is <laughs> because of this is now getting delayed to 20 January of 2023. I'm pretty sad about it. I am super stoked yeah. for Forspoken. I really like the whole idea of, for all intensive purposes, being isekai'd into a ancient world with rings talking to you. The magic looks like very flashy and super. It and does. Like that's what interests me in the story. Uh, yep. Sony does a fantastic job with the single player games, and I was excited for Forspoken because it looks to be a good single player game. It just mm -hmm. really sucks that instead of maybe having two heavy hitters of Sony, the marketing teams have decided, okay, because these two games are releasing so close to each other, let's kick Forspoken uh, to next year, which is fine. You know, January isn't a long wait uh, for, th for the game from its, what, November, November. or yep. yeah. November release date. But yep. 
Wait, I you thought know? it was October. Oh, it is November. Yeah, October. It was October. Oh, You're right. It's October. Yeah. It's October. It, yeah. yeah, it was either October or November. It was one of the two. Uh, it's just like I felt like they had an opportunity to do the same thing they did with Spider-Man and with the fir- with the re-return of God of War, where like those two games came out within probably a month or two of each other, and these games are still coming out a month or two out of each other, and all people were talking about was how to get a PS4 and how to play these two games, yeah. uh, for, for the most part. And we still have a chance for that. I just hope Forspoken lives up to my expectation, but it just sucks that a game gets delayed because a bigger it. They didn't come out and say this, but it feels like it's getting delayed because a bigger game got announced in its timetable and they're worried about it hurting their sales. Yeah. Did you like I was reading through like their statements and they did say that, you know, they were going to use the time to make, you know, to perfect the game. But they also said that it's done. Yeah, they said it's yeah, it literally right in there. They're like, it's ready to go. We're just going to use the extra time to polish. I'm like, okay, so, yeah, it had to have been God of War then if they're ready to go now. And they're just working on polish now. They don't need the extra months. But if Sony tells you, look, you can release it in October, but you may not get as many sales as you would in January, then I think you wait till January. It's not the end of the world. It's not. I mean, if we're looking at a positive perspective, we've been talking the last couple of weeks about how many games are coming out in October. I guess that leaves some time to actually play certain games. Uh, that come out in the September, October, and November area. I mean, I'm sad. I would rather play Forspoken in October than, you know, 2023. But I can't honestly say that there wasn't a little sigh of relief on the inside that, <laughs> like, that I at least had one less game to play in the Halloween month. You know, so yeah, and, and it would have had to it would have had to compete with with Scorn. It would have had to compete with Scorn, and that's really mm-hmm. a, a and hard ask mm-hmm. of any yep. game developer. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, regardless. What, interesting thing though is, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like uh, I thought that this game was going to win Game of the Year because with God of War coming out and everything else coming out, there's no way. But now you kind of run the risk of since it's coming out in January, when we get to the end of next year and we're talking about Games of the Year. Is this the one that we forget because it, we played it so long ago at that point? If we're talking yeah. about early mm-hmm. January, like it could get buried and it could be completely forgotten. And then at the end of the year, we're like, oh, yeah, you remember Forspoken? That was a pretty good game, but not like mm-hmm. it would be if it came out in October. Yeah. And isn't 2023 by anybody who has any type of uh, video game affiliation supposed to be a pretty bomb year in terms mm-hmm. of uh, games? Like there's supposed to be some heavy hitters coming out in 2023 and they might help with the clouding of us remembering (laughs) that Forspoken even exists when it comes time for remembering 2023 in games, you know? Um, Yeah. Hopefully not. Hopefully it leaves a good impression. Yeah. Yeah. And we are going to do the same segment sometime uh, within the next couple of weeks of where we kind of fight for which games we (laughs) want for the, for the year and get to talk about them. I'm just glad we didn't record it yet because Forspoken would have been one on one of our lists and now we yep. don't have to worry about it at least. <laughs> so that makes things a little bit easier. Next up on mine is GameStop's DFO fired, layoffs coming to a lot of GameStop people. And mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite Game Informer magazines, one of the longest running like game associated magazines out there, uh, lost some more people. I was on Twitter a lot uh, talking about how this sucks really for this company. It just really, really like irks me that like 
as nerds at one point, and I'm pretty sure you guys might have felt this way too, GameStop was like our dream place to work. Get to talk about video oh games, God, sell video games to people, nerdy yeah. stuff. Yeah, I would have yeah. I would have loved it. But in a way, I'm relieved at the fact that GameStop seems like a pretty crappy company. With they do. Every every time this stuff happens, more layoffs are coming, more closures, people without jobs suddenly, especially the Game Informer uh, people who I only wish the best of luck for. I As a journalism major, I really respect the work that they all do and all the editing and time it takes to produce a magazine. Uh, and I hope those people find better jobs and don't get to work for such a crappy company. And I just hope and I was talking about it on Twitter. Like, I hope GameStop is able to one day get away from the GameStop ownership, whether it's because GameStop crashes and, you know, and and falls and is, isn't really a thing anymore. And they're able to escape from it. And I hope one day they're able to do like a Patreon, much like MinMax does or donations so that way they can keep things running alive. I know that it might be hard for that to do for, for that to happen just because I had a lot of counter arguments about saying, you know, well, if, if they did break off, they'd be dead in about <laughs> two years because they the reason they got bought from GameStop was because things weren't looking very good for print journalism anyway. And to be honest, it still isn't. But yeah. it. It sucks. I just hope those people find jobs and find their ways to be happy in all of this mess. And hopefully what seems to be a very, very horrible thing that it's happened to these people ends yeah. up being better because they end up getting better jobs. That's all I can hope for for them. Yeah, I think uh, like the age of print media has died a long time ago. So I know they still do like I still get the digital issues. I don't think I get sent the actual physical magazines anymore. Um, but you know, all those journalists can still make a living out there, whether it be podcasts or, or websites or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, hopefully they do find a home. Yeah, that's honestly like the yeah, perfect thing to do after something like that is to maybe. I, well, I guess it's not going rogue, but to to go <laughs> to start that podcast, because nowadays people, we consume so many and the days of like having just one outlet to get your news from, or like a couple of outlets to get your news from, you know, you could just easily go into the, you know, the, the, the iTunes store or whatever, and just download so much. So that would be a route that I would do if I was in their shoes, but that's, that's just sad to hear. Very yeah. Sad. Yeah. The main, I think the main issue with that is the fact that there are so many podcasters out now. You don't have to be a journalist to do a gaming podcast. You know, I, I might mm. be one, but you know, you guys, uh, you know, are right. here too. And you guys aren't technically, you know, journalists or anything like that. Oh, no. And anybody who chooses to listen to us is fantastic. Thank you. And then there's yes. just, you know, hundreds of other options. Uh, that's just how podcasting is right now. It's just yep. everybody, everybody wants to try to grab their slice of the pie ever since, you know, COVID kind of made podcasting explode in a big yeah. way there, too, because everybody was home. So also you know, throw it out there that we started before COVID. I just want to throw that out there. It was like <laughs> yeah, a we week did. before, but still. Yeah, we did start before COVID. <laughs> Put that on paper. Yep. Put it in print. Put it in print. Oh, I see what you did. <laughs> crafty. You crafty. Next up, and it's not a it's not big news, but Inscri Inscription is actually coming to PS5. Uh, that's very yeah. big news. It was a very very popular game on PC. Just nice to mm -hmm. see that PlayStation is supporting this indie developer here 
and is really putting their money into an already established game that we that they know is probably going to succeed. And anybody who didn't get to play Inscription definitely should. Craig could tell you and recommend it all over the place. Yes. About, yep. how, about, about Both of them could, about how good this game is. So it's it, it's good for Inscription. I hope they got something from Sony, but who knows? Um, I will I will be playing that because I was waiting for this day when, <laughs> when it would come to PS5. Um, I'm not a PC gamer, so I am at the mercy of whatever can come from Steam to the consoles or or just anything be available on consoles and i've been waiting for this game for a while to come to either playstation or xbox for that matter yeah i saw that it's supposed to be coming to xbox as well so that's kind of cool um one of my favorite games of last year so yeah if you haven't had a chance to play it for sure check it out whenever it drops on any console it could run on switch too it's not that intensive yeah, here's a question. Does it go on either subscription? I mean, it seems like it would be more likely to be on Game Pass when it goes to Xbox, right. but do you think this is PlayStation's opportunity to start trying their hand at certain things? Because this is not like a huge, like needed a lot of production type game, but this is the kind of stuff you add to make the Essentials Club feel a little bit more distant from your other two. You know, yeah. I don't know. Like, but I also don't know the stipulation of what they choose, you know, or how they're going to um, expand the exclusivity of their higher tiered um, program. So, yeah, I could see it going to one of them. Most likely Game Pass, just just My the way the, the way things go. It, it does feel yeah. like they're willing like Sony, the, sorry, Xbox themselves are willing to throw more money to make something more like free on their game pass thing than Sony is, but Sony's new to it. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Next up is E3 did confirm they will be returning just with the help of a bit of packs as well is going to be helping them return. I think it's a good idea. I, I prop and I know for a lot of gaming journalists, E3 did a terrible thing with the whole leaking of information and everything like that. I understand, but summer games fest wasn't bad. I, I didn't mm. mind it at all. I just really did like the E3 portion of things where, yeah. you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, those were your back to back to back conferences. And that's where you got all your gaming news right then and there. And I hope that Sony and Xbox and Nintendo all decide to work together and maybe do something similar or to announce all their stuff at the same time, unlike this year. And I know COVID and that kind of thing gets in the way because they don't want to. And also they don't want to spend the money on a stage like they were, you know, years ago. It can be a digital show. I'm completely fine with that. It just I just want everything to be sometime around the same time. That would make it just so much easier to keep up with the gaming news and to be able to, you know, read instead of trying to remember that, oh, Sony has something two weeks from the time that Xbox did theirs. And then you forget. And then it's (laughs) like, oh, what did I miss? You miss everything. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think E3 returning is a good thing. I just hope that it just becomes more about the gamers and not so much about the the business money grubbling side of things, which it did seem to take on toward the end there. Yeah. You know that it's all about the money, though. I mean, yeah, we haven't had an E3. I I never heard like how good of an experience it was to physically go to an E3 as a fan right those last couple years but it had to have made them some decent money um i think if they do do physically in person e3 event again i think you're going to be hard pressed to get microsoft sony and nintendo to 
show up there at this point, just because we're at the point where they know they don't have to pay all that money for a stage when they can just stream it online. It just, it doesn't, it's not financially responsible for them to do it. So I still want to go to an E3, but I don't really have that much hope of seeing the big three there. I, I, uh, I'm in your boat, Craig. I would want to go to, I want to go to mm-hmm. an E3 as well. But um, if the show does, like, I'm, I'm fine with just like a straight up digital show. Uh, this past like festival of games, so to speak, sprinkled in with like their Netflix day as well. I didn't mind, um, but I don't know. Um, as at at this point. I'm almost tired of hearing about what they were going to do. You know, they keep, there's like an announce, there's an announcement of, of what they're going to do next year. They're, they're returning and then, then how they're going to do it and such like that. I would much rather it get to the appropriate time in 2023 and see it happen. And I, I understand that there's not a lot going on now. So you have to keep like, like this is a news time. You know, if we were, if we're all three of us are football fans, for example, this is the time you hear about all of this stuff because there's not a game playing, so to speak. But like, I would, mm-hmm. I would really enjoy seeing around next, next year, how it actually comes and what their, what their actual overall vision looks like executed and hopefully executed correctly. If that makes sense. So. Yeah. Lastly, and it's kind of my stupid news of the week, <laughs> Logan Paul is NFTing a Pokemon card to show no, that you not. can buy it as part ownership of this card. The Pokemon Illustrator card, he approximately, and this is a PSA rated 10, is approximately worth $5.3 million. So he is NFTing the card. So that way people who NFT and buy this NFT portion of the card can say that they are part owner. I hate it and I hope it fails. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And I've heard of stupid stuff. Aren't we at the point where NFTs are like crashing value wise? Yeah. Isn't that going on right now? And cryptocurrency in general is kind of crashing. Yeah, it's it's just so strange. I don't understand unless you're really blinded by Pokemon and Logan Paul, why anyone <laughs> would go and, you know, pay. I'm I'm going to throw out a crazy number here. Let's say it's a hundred grand to own a part of this card that you can sell to other people. And what does Logan Paul do where this like and I think I've seen it like photoshopped. I'm not sure if it's real, but it's like him wearing the card in a necklace. So yep. if he's like, yeah. let's say he does a boxing match again, what are you going to do? He's wearing that card going, I own part of that card. What does that mean to anyone? Yeah. Like, it just feels like he's doing this to recuperate his cost of buying, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, of like buying this card and writing it off as probably a, a work expense instead of, um, instead of actually paying taxes on it. So it's just, again, my stupid news for the week, and I absolutely hate it. I don't know why isn't that, anybody. Isn't that, isn't that on brand for him to wear it in a necklace? Isn't yep. that like right yep. up his alley to do something like that? Yep. I mean, I've seen like videos of him somewhat recently getting upset when people are saying that like NFTs are failing and losing their value because he's fully bought into that NFT culture. Um, yeah. So I can see him being like, you know what? Like he knows 
somebody out there will pay. I think it's going to be closer to a million. Honestly, somebody will pay a million for this NFT. Um, and if he knows, you know, people are going to buy it. I guess why not do it? Right. They're literally yeah. going to give you a million dollars to own a, a digital photo of something. Then sure. I got some digital photos I can sell you too for, you know, 500 bucks if you want to pay me. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. How often, how uh, often is there something that we say or complain about that ends with, well, somebody will buy it. So that's why they're doing yep. it. Like yep. <laughs> just, yeah, I just had to add that little nugget in there. <laughs> Yeah, it's 100% true. People will buy it. Um, all right, let me run through mine. I have a couple here. Most of them are based around just certain things coming out and being announced. Um, one that was announced earlier this week, we are getting the Lollipop Chainsaw remake next year. Yeah, um, yeah. I know I'm personally excited for that. Uh, I did stream it at one point on the channel. That was a little while ago now. Um, I had to hunt down another copy, but this is making me excited. It was one of... One of my favorite games in the 360 era for me. Um, it was also on PS3, but I'm down for this. Yeah, it's Barry, you going to play it? Why not? I don't <laughs> see why not. Um, More enthusiasm, Barry. Lollipop Chainsaw. Uh, yeah. Well, like, Lollipop Chainsaw is, isn't is a game that, like, I was excited for by any means. But I know why you're excited for it. It looked fun to play. I never played it when it originally came out, whether for whatever reason, I have no clue. But... To each their own. I I think I'll probably end up playing the game. Is it like a day one purchase for me? Maybe if nothing else is coming out during the time. But yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, yeah. Craig and I will be buying that day one. Yeah, day one. My wife is excited <laughs> for this game. So yeah. like I'm, we're, we're getting it's, this. It's just a wild game. It's just out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, another one that got announced for, I believe, next year. I could be wrong. Um, the Devil Inside Me, another Dark Pictures anthology game. Um, this one's revolving around a hotel. So I know we have, I don't know how best to explain it, uh, an okay taste in our mouth after the quarry. Um, I yeah. don't know if we're, am I ready to jump back in? Not right now, but by the time this comes out, I probably will be. Yeah, that's, um, you said, you said, I, I can't remember because I saw that that uh, that date and I can't remember whether it's the, it's this year. I think it's next year, but I yeah, I'm I'm post quarry, so I also have like a mediocre taste in my mouth with that type of thing. So it'll probably vamp up or revamp by the time I get you know into that time frame. But I definitely wasn't uh, excited as some of the other release dates this week. Fall 2022, so it is this year. Okay. Am well, I going to be ready by then? Next year. Yeah, because if this comes out in October, it's going to get pushed way to the back of the playlist for sure. Oh, Easily. Yeah. And not on Barry's list at all. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, all right, so another one is we got a pretty decent look due to leaks at uh, Skate 4 this week. Um, if you haven't looked at those, there was like a technical play test that they did that people weren't supposed to show and people were leaking that all over the place. Um, they also put like a very short trailer out that was kind of like, hey, this is what we're working on. We are working on it. Here's how it looks so far. I would say it's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. I recently started playing Skate 3 again and like that game still holds up. So like this is on like near the top of my list of games I'm waiting for to come out. It's really high up there. 
So hopefully sometime next year we'll get to play that. How long? How long's it been since Gate Three? I, I feel oh, like it's late two thousand. Um, early or am I thinking? Let me of... check. Let me check. It's been a long time. It's been, uh, it's it came long. out two thousand ten. Okay, so it that is twelve sense. years old. Yep. Wow. Um, yeah, I I have been asking for. I mean, the Tony Hawk remake was great. Um, skate is also very good. So yeah, hopefully that comes out next year and we get to get our hands on it. Hmm. Uh, and then the last one I had had to do with, uh, we had summer games done quick happen. I don't know. Was it last week or maybe the week before? Uh, and we had a speed run for metal gear rising revengeance, right? Is that the title revengeance? It's such a weird title. Mm-hmm. Um, so the man who was speed running this, uh, faked it the whole thing. He was uh, it was pre-recorded, and he was acting like he was playing along. It's a little ridiculous to do this because it's not like you're trying yeah. to get a world record. It's literally like they're they're asking you to play to help raise money. It doesn't really matter if you're not on the top of your game. So I guess I just don't really understand why he felt the need if he was just like that unconfident about his ability to play this game quickly. I don't know. It just blew my mind that something like this you would feel the need to fake it and act like you're much better than you are yeah especially with that because like i played that game if you're a speedrunner mm-hmm. playing that game the only thing that you would probably want to fake would be the last boss battle which is if you ever want to see something insane just watch like anybody <laughs> play the last boss battle in that game it's freaking there's memes metal. of it everywhere it's yeah, hilarious it's, it's, yeah <laughs> it's metal gear ridiculous and um yeah. that would be the yep. only thing that i think somebody would try to fake because of how um tanky the final bosses but like come on if you're doing it for some type of positive outcome like that that adds an extra layer to right people that i hate that cheat on speed running yeah you know like i could almost understand it if it was like for a world record but it wasn't even for a world record he just felt the need to go with a pre-recorded and it was very obvious people kind of figured it out right away and they're like hey his button inputs are not matching what's going on with the screen so uh yeah there's that if you want to get yourself from banned from ever being asked back that's one way to do it yeah and you can't you can't (laughs) fool you can't fool the speed running community no 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 you you cannot (laughs) what was the one guy i'm I'm not gonna remember his name but there was that gentleman that um was uh speed running i think it was guitar hero and he later was found yep. to have faked it. He took, he took the he footage. Faked everything. And he, he faked. Yeah, he just played it yep. in a normal speed, and he sped it up. Yep. When he submitted it, like before, like when he was like fi- finalizing the video, he sped and submitted it, and everybody thought he was doing that correctly until people looked and were like, "Wait a minute, this is not where his yeah. fingers should be at this specific second of this specific yep. song." You know, you can't fool the speedrunning community. You can't. Nope. You can't. cannot fool the internet. <laughs> yes. Uh, but that was the last piece of news I have. So I'll throw it over to you, Craig, if you got some we missed. Uh, you guys didn't. Um, I had a bunch of t- different like games that have been announced and things like that. Skate 4 was actually the last one that I was going to talk about as well. So I'm really glad that somebody else touched on that. I was really excited to see that even though it was like somebody anonymous, like uploading some files to like Google Drive or whatever, or however it was seen. It was really refreshing to see that even, you know, leaked. It looked fantastic from what yeah. people were seeing. 
So it's actually being worked on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As it should. Yeah. But yeah, I'm good on news. Okay. We want to roll into the games played then. Um, take it away, Craig. Uh, for myself, I played, obviously I'm still playing Demon Souls. Uh, I yeah, played yeah. some Road Road 96, Match Point Tennis, and of course, DJ Max Respect. Is it V or 5, Barry? I thought it was V. Yeah, I, I thought so too, but I think there's been four previous ones, so it might be 5. So let's say it's a 5. But anyway, <laughs> how about you guys? <laughs> uh, I have played, so... I had a situation where I got really anxious about backlog because I was looking at the calendar and what was getting released. And I really have just like a week or two because I'm going to go heavy into Stray and then into Xenoblade Chronicles when it comes out. Um, so I went and started Dying Light 2 with my wife because we 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 bought that as a game to play together and then we didn't even unwrap it. Like <laughs> di- didn't take the take the packaging off. And yep. I also went through the first couple of chapters of Plague Tale Innocence just to be Sweet. ready for the sequel when that comes out in October, as w- every other game. Very. I went ahead and played through Atelier Sophie 2, The Alchemists <laughs> of the Mysterious Dream. I've been watching uh, ALGS, just figured I'd put that out there because it's Apex Legend Global Series. Hmm. DJ Res- Mad Respect five i suppose is what the name is yeah yeah and then other side i'm not sure if i've talked about this game before it would have been a while ago that i talked about it so uh, i figure i'll bring it up again because it was on sale on the summer in the summer steam sale uh and other side uh other side the side is spelled with a s uh, no sorry (laughs) c-i-d-e other okay i'm trying to find it Okay. You'll find it. I don't think so, you've well, talked about it before. It, it's been a long time if I have. Uh, okay. I fell in and out of this game a lot. And during the uh, Steam Summer uh, Summer Games Fest, I went ahead and bought it and, and been playing it since. But I'll talk about my two games just because they aren't a lot, to be fair. Atelier right. Sophie 2, the alchemist of the mysterious dream, is purely <laughs> a Barry game. There's no other way to explain it. It's anime <laughs> as heck, and it's got anime art. It's all anime is what it is. Oh Barry, what's the name of the game again? Atelier Sophie <laughs> 2, the mysterious, or no, the alchemist of the mysterious dream. That is what I it wouldn't is. Even, I would not even make it past the title of this game. Title screen, I'd be like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. But go ahead. Oh, uh, this man. follows the events of Atelier <laughs> Sophie, the first one. Where okay. now? <laughs> Did you sorry, play the first so one? So no, sorry. I didn't play the first one. How can you play so, the second one if you haven't played the first one? I there's a catch-up video in Atelier oh Sophie. Of in Atelier Sophie too. So I went ahead and watched the catch-up video. It's not very long, and it's pretty okay. easy to digest. Okay. So it's a JRPG turn-based combat and everything like that. Uh, Sophie and her companion Plancha. Oh, that's, I'm gonna say. It, I'm just gonna say it like that. Uh, get sucked into a portal, and they're separated at first. And it's the world of dreams is where they go into. Very extraneous character, like very colorful characters are in this world. Weird clothing, weird hairstyles, because it's anime. Uh, yeah. I don't know how to. Expl- I don't know more how to explain it. 
the game itself is pretty is pretty standstill. It's turn based combat, so I like turn based combat. If that that's always been a Barry mantra, is I like turn based combat with finding weak points and being able to exploit them. Seeing stuff weak to stuff makes me feel good. The main thing about these games, and it's the same thing with Atelier Ryza, is these games don't have English dubs. So oh. it's just Japanese and subtitles. And I can watch anime for 30 minutes and not feel exhausted after reading the screen or subtitles. I play this game for an hour and I'm like tired because like I it's it's a lot of talking because it's a JRPG. JRPG, of course. So, really, it's what I expect from the game. It just sucks that these games never have dubs out for them because it would make it a lot easier to digest and a lot easier to play. Uh, mm -hmm. At least for me. For someone who just really wishes they could just, like, listen to the story instead of having to read everything at a fast pace or sometimes at, at length where it's, you know, a 20-minute cutscene that I have to read everything through and then get to play the game is kind of cumbersome. So I wish there was a dub. But these games tend to not sell very well, but they're hard to find, hence why I bought this. So Atelier Sophie 2, <laughs> The Alchemist of the Mysterious Dream. Uh, if you like JRPGs and don't mind a fully casted Japanese with subtitle, uh, it's a cool game. I like it. Do they all look like children? Uh, yeah. Yep, they're all, yep, yeah. yep. <laughs> what was the name okay. of the first game? Uh, that I couldn't tell you, oh, uh, to be Chronicles honest. One, the beginning. That's what I was saga. hoping. I was yeah. hoping so it was something of that length. <laughs> so what's funny, and if people don't know this, the Atelier like, series God. is a line of series. There yeah, is Atelier. I feel like I've heard it. No, that's because there's Atelier Ryza, Atelier yeah. Sophie, of uh, let me and i think there's a third one uh give me one second here there is sophie Riza. let me ask you this barry shoot you play, you play a lot of these types of you know like extremely jrpgs right like you, you yeah. purchase quite a few of them and, and play through them um just out of curiosity like how many of these do you normally finish I finished Atelier Ryza. Okay. Uh, okay. I've only I've only ever played. This is only my second Atelier game. Okay. I uh okay. I picked up Ryza and then I picked up Sophie here. But here's what's crazy, and I actually didn't realize this. This is a game series dating all the way back to 1997 on the PlayStation. Okay. Where what? A lot of these games did not make the release to North America, right. but we have uh, Atelier okay. Marie, Atelier Ray Ellie. Lee, like nope, not gonna try. Judy, Violet, Iris, Iris two, Iris three. There's a whole bunch of those. Reminds me of like the dot hack JRPGs. Yeah, like the Cameo, Tarori, Aisha. Oh my! There, there, there's a. Oh, there is so many. I didn't. I did not realize. So, and just so we know, the first title of the first Atelier Sophie game was The Alchemist of the Mysterious Book. Oh my god! Oh, okay. <laughs> I should have known that. As it that as it would be titled, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So it's okay. It's decent. Yeah, it put it's you, just it put you to sleep. 
Uh, it's not that it puts me to sleep. It's just that I am tired after like having to like focus on Japanese subtitles for an hour. Yeah. Like it's, it, I don't know. I guess it's different when watching anime, I guess. It's a lot of just reading. learn Japanese. I could. Uh, you know learning what? a third language wouldn't be terrible for me. Let me just no. use this as a self pat on the back. I just recently about a month ago passed the one year mark of learning Japanese. Oh, wow. So you're probably even better at it than I am. And I've been watching anime for. <laughs> God I feel knows like how long. I feel like I could carry a s- simple conversation, but reading it is still tough. So I don't think I could like get a game in complete Japanese and know what everything is. I find it a lot harder to read than it is to listen and understand what they're saying and speak back to them. So maybe if it was just like, I don't know though, but they speak so fast, I might have yeah. issues. Like I would have to hear it's it. The same and then thing like in Spanish. I'd have to like yeah. process it before I, I would have a hard time, but like maybe when I get to like year two or three, then I can start attempting. My goal is to start attempting some of these games. Maybe not that one. But Japanese games, not not dubbed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I really want to be able to take a game in Japanese and be able to just play it. That's my ultimate goal and understand it all, at least most of it. But anyway, go ahead, Barry. You, you should start with, with, with that game when you do that, though. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> It'll be impossible to find the game. will be 100 bucks by the time that that happens. I'll just to be take honest. it from you. It's fine. There you go. Fair enough. The other game that I kind of uh, mostly I want to talk about is Other Side. It is another okay. turn-based game, but it's sort of a roguelike in a way. You, you're kind of fighting demons with angels slash demons as well. But these, it's kind of like Fire Emblem where there's permadeath, and okay. when one of these characters die, uh, you lose them forever. And then you have to wait a certain amount of time for your character to come back as a new person with a new name. There really isn't like bonds like how there is in Fire Emblem, but the combat is literally grid based, which I like again, you know, that's straight out of Fire Emblem for the most part. And I think the game looks pretty good. It's got a nice like dark tone to it. And I just uh, I find it fun. Uh, Other side is especially on Steam sale, which I think I bought this game for. Eight dollars has been worth every penny so far. I will okay. definitely find my way to get eight hours of this. And then that way, I, you know, if we're doing a rule of like a dollar an hour for a game, I'm easily going to get it out of this. I'm happy that I went ahead and bought this game for for them. It's also available on Switch. Uh, it's just that on the Switch, the game's <laughs> going to cost you 40 bucks because it's yeah. on the Switch. Yep. That's the way the Switch goes. That is the way the Switch goes. Craig, do you want to give me that update on Dying Light 2? Because I know how yeah. I feel about it, and I've talked about it, so I'm curious what your thoughts are. I would love to, and specifically because I spent the majority of my week obviously getting caught up on Stranger Things. I only have a couple of hours into each game, so it's going to be a nice, easy sure. first look. Um, Dying Light 2. Uh, so... First of all, all right, so your main character is Aiden, and it takes place, what, like 15 years after the first game? It's like something yep. 15 or 20, 25. It actually really doesn't matter because what I've resolved to in the first uh, 10 minutes of the game is I'm really not going to care about the story. 
I'm just going to fight zombies and parkour because I know that that's where they put the most amount of time and effort into it. Uh, but expanding, I never finished Dying Light, so it was kind of nice to walk back into the scenario where you're basically playing this uh, larger-than-life parkour person that is in a, in a bind because they're essentially you're essentially turning, but like preventing you from turning. Uh, and that's honestly what I've gotten from the story already. You know, like that's, that's honestly what they have given me is you're a guy, your name's Aiden. Number one, I hate video game Aiden's because I feel like I I, I thought you were just going to say you hate Aiden's. I was like, okay, if your name name is Aiden, I am sure you are a awesome person. But video games do not do Aiden's correctly. They don't flush out people that they name Aiden. Like, wasn't that... I'm trying to think of what other games had this character name, but I've never been... There was an Aiden in Assassin's Creed, right? I think there was. Wasn't there one in... um, Oh my gosh. There had to I feel like one of them had an Aiden somewhere. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, I it's Desmond. I know yeah. is the main character of one, two, and wasn't, whatever. And then there's Altair. There's Ezio. Wasn't there an Aiden in Watch Dogs? Yes, that's yes. where. That's what I was thinking of. Yes. Yeah. I think it was the second the one. first one, or the first, first one. First one, I think, was Aiden. Yeah, because the second one was somebody else. Oh yeah, TLDR. Yeah. Craig hates Aiden's. That's that, that's what this means. <laughs> that's what. Yep. I hate video game Aiden's because I feel like that's just a name and it's like the person you hate on the TV show whose character is not fully flushed out and it's like season nine and you're like, can you flush out this person for me so I can like them? Anyway, that's beside the point. I should probably talk about the game. So uh, it's, it's... I don't know. This Aiden conversation is pretty interesting. <laughs> also, let me, just, let me just point this out. There was an article from Febu- February 8th, 2022. So the beginning of this year. Oh, this should be good. This should be from, good. From... I want to give them credit from halfglassgaming.com. And the name of the article is titled, It's Time to Stop Naming Video Game Protagonist Aiden. What? <laughs> Did Craig write Continue. it up? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my. God. I was just trying to find Aiden in. Uh, in in like games and that's the first thing you'll that have to up. send me that link i have to read yeah, that please. i have There's, to read please. this I, yeah. I see aiden in beyond two souls okay. um yeah aiden a- beyond two souls watchdogs and uh dying light 2 are, are what's coming up but yes all right and so they not all a large suck. list and they all stay <laughs> they, they all, all suck, suck as they all suck as characters yeah um but like I, I forget. Yet again, I this Aiden hasn't grown onto you yet. This Aiden could change everything. Oh my god! This Aiden could be the Aiden that we deserve. Of I course, mean, according could... to that article, it's not. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. Like they, they, they're like trying in the cutscenes of Dying Light Two to really make you want it. Like the the beginning cutscene, you're running. There's a guy who's doing the tutorial section with you, where you learn how to run, jump, and basic combat and you follow him to this house and it's like a mansion where somebody chose to throw a party right as the end of the world outbreak or i guess in this case second outbreak hit because the way the game talks about it is we had the outbreak from dying light one that was central to that main city or area then we kind of fixed it with a cure 
And then being humans, we weaponize or trying to weaponize the virus. And then it basically became a Resident Evil storyline yep. without the T virus, you know? So in any case, and without Aiden. This, and without Aiden. <laughs> And without Aiden. So you go to this really cool house and it's it's riddled with bodies from people who were throwing this party right before, right as the second apocalypse hit. And that was cool. And you're with this guy and you guys share like a beer while you're overlooking a like sunset and such like that. Like you could tell they're trying with the story, but like I'm not impressed yet. I don't know if I will be. Now the combat is okay still trying to get down like they have a perfect dodge move that allows you to vault and hit enemies and the humans versus the undead like undead are fine when you're fighting them the humans at least in this particular section like wait their turn to attack so i like we we approached this section where you had three guys you had to fight and i understand it might have been a tutorial section but like even the section after that it seemed like human enemies took like double dutch turns to wait to punch you and i don't know if that's going to get tougher but my initial idea of the game is that it's okay craig when you said that you got about to hour 10 and you were donezo with it i kind of see where you're going with it i know my wife and i are going to play it because it's more of a together thing so we're going to commiserate through it and (laughs) have the pros and cons that happen with it uh, the only other thing that I can report of Dying Light 2, because I know I am reporting on this game way later than people, most people have probably played it, is I don't like how I felt like in the first one there was a way to, because um, each weapon you have has a durability meter. meter. It kind of reminds me of Dark Cloud, which I got to get back to, um, has a durability meter, and it, they will eventually break. It feels like in the first Dying Light you had the ability to extend the life of a weapon that you actually really liked. In this one, you don't have a foreseeable way besides upgrading it to add durability points to it. That's another thing I didn't like uh, about what I initial my initial um, findings of the game. I don't know, Craig. What did you think? I mean, I feel like you can boil the game down to one word, and it's just stiff. Like hmm. the game is just so stiff. The characters, the NPCs are stiff they talk like they do in skyrim um with that Mm. blank stare uh i feel like the combat is stiff it really didn't get any better than the way you described it for me anyway um i just i got to like 10 hours in and i was like i am i didn't care about the story i was skipping through the dialogue and the gameplay wasn't enough for me to want to keep playing it um so that's why i stopped but if you guys are playing together that might be enough to kind of push you through it i just didn't think there was really for a game that was so hyped up with like, this is going to change the way open world games are like when they first announced it way back in the day, it, yeah. it doesn't, <laughs> it's just very generic. Um, but I, I mean, the parkour has always been good. So I, I like that. Um, but yeah, it's, I was not a fan. It needs a little more time in the oven. It's, it's, it it's, does. It's, it's like when you take a, a it cake had, out. It had, it had like five years. Yeah. Yeah. They, it, they delayed it seven times. Yeah, they should have delayed it eight. Yep. They yeah, delayed it. They should have delayed it eight ten times. Oh gosh, I was trying to do like an uh, you know, thing. Next. you know, I was I was gonna have fun with a hypothetical, and I guess I could still have fun with it. Yeah. You did mention Resident Evil, so if Resident Evil Eight or Resident Evil Village, and instead of yeah. Ethan, it's Aiden, 
is the game suddenly worse? No. No. I don't know. Craig, uh, Craig's thinking about it. No. Craig, Craig's thinking about if Ethan, if Aiden was in Village. Capcom I, wouldn't no. do that, Barry. They wouldn't do they wouldn't that do to that. us. No. <laughs> I and I, I'll throw in my two cents. I stopped playing uh, Dying Light 2 and I actually am trying to get back into it as well. Uh, I think the parkour yeah. system is way too stiff and not responsive at all to what I want yeah. it to do. That's, yes. that's my number one issue for a game that's all about parkouring. And it's cool. Park. I've got nothing against parkouring. It just feels like it. Do- it doesn't feel like it should. It gets better as you play and upgrade your stats, right? Like you start being able to do more. But I, I don't think it's enough. Yeah, I mean, the idea of the game is you're not supposed to go and to use Resident Evil again. You're not supposed to go head on with yep. hordes or a bunch of zombies. You're supposed to be parkouring. So if there's one thing to get right. Like you're you're going to be parkouring a lot more than you're going to be in combat, no matter how what your play style is. You're going to be utilizing the parkour system a lot more. So yeah. they should have ironed that out. You know that should have been ironed out a little bit more. I agree. So I agree. Um, but uh, let me also throw in another little nugget. If your name is Aiden, you are an awesome person. <laughs> we are talking about video game Aiden's. Yeah, I'm have, just being facetious. I, yeah. I have to stress that. <laughs> um, I really want a list. Uh, the other one is uh, Plague Tale Innocence. Uh, takes place in the hundred hundreds year war where you play a French royalty daughter named Amasia. Uh, and you basically are in a town where everybody highly respects you. First five or ten minutes, you're spending time with your father, hunting with an awesome dog, and then tragedy strikes. The dog goes out to run after an animal. You run after it. All of a sudden, the dog's injured. The animal's dead. You don't know what's going on, and then something takes your dog, and you're like, what's taking your dog? Well, what I like about the game is it transitions and then it gives you like five more minutes of quiet when you go back into your town and just kind of explore a little bit. And then it's just like the Inquisition, bam, like out of nowhere it comes in. And you're a 15-year-old girl and you have a five-year-old brother with an unknown illness. And what I know I'm already going to like about this game and what is already living up to the hype of literally everybody who's played it and said they love it is I like the stealth I like the challenge of not having anything but a sling and the sling can't even do anything for you in the beginning of the game besides distract people. There are guards. The guards, um, as you're traversing, trying to get out of your town with the help of your mother, I found small nuances that I liked. There was a couple of things that were like standard stealth where certain guards follow a certain pattern. They do the same pattern like no human would ever walk in the same circle for 25 minutes but that's fine but there was a section game design it's game design there was a section i got to where i had to help my five-year-old brother who was very sickly by distracting the guard so he can run and unlock a door for me so i can get in so i threw using my sling a rock to, to get the guy's attention at like a metal thing right he goes over he comes back Brother unlocks door because he had the time to get over there. And then it was my turn to throw this another rock at the same thing. And when I did that, the guard said, what? That's two times already. 
there was a specific dialogue put in like a human would kind of say when you hit the same area like he said something that like seemed real to me like what that's the second time that that thing made a sound is essentially what he said now that may not seem like much but as a gentleman whose favorite video game series is metal gear solid and played a lot of and like stealth in video games and the aspect that it brings, that's not something that every single game brings to the table when it comes to stealth. That was a small nuance to me that really stuck out. Uh, other than that, game is beautiful. And the other aspect that I really enjoy is the introduction and really the um, how they bring up the plague and how it affects the townspeople, but also the rat infestation and how the rats act. I can't wait for that. I can't yeah. wait for more rats. I got to this part. You had to navigate the rats. They're scared of fire. And then it was all about trying to make sure that some place was lit so that these rats that were basically moving like the zombies from World War Z yep. would not just completely and utterly consume you like those those insects from the mummy. Do you remember the scarabs from the mummy? Yeah. Yeah. That's like an <laughs> that's like iconic when they would just yep. like three seconds just yep, consume a human <laughs> i had i had a blast i'm on chapter three guys and you could hear my excitement versus my dying light excitement <laughs> actually i'm on yep. chapter four because it's not a long game i played for two hours and i'm already on chapter four and it's fantastic and i cannot wait to see how the story develops because the relationship between the two kids is great as well yeah, that's super high on our list. Very nice list of games last year. Yeah, last yeah, year? I love it. You're yeah. gonna love it too. You're yeah. you're absolutely gonna love it. It's a great game. I think it's actually two years ago. Was it two? I feel like it was. I'm last pretty year, sure. But... I'm I'm pretty sure it's two because it would be weird for them to have Requiem already done within a year. So it has to be two True. years. Has to yeah. be two years. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um. All right. So Road ninety six. Uh, and mm. see, Road 96, Matchpoint Tennis, and DJ Max Respect are all dropped on Game Pass, so consider this your Game Pass corner. Um, Road mm -hmm. 96 is a adventure-style game, uh, but first-person, so not like a point-and-click, where you are a teenager that is trying to get across the border, um, which is illegal in this game. Um, it has a lot of talking, a lot of exploring environments, uh, but the story itself is very interesting. Um, I haven't gotten through a full playthrough yet. The big draw in this game is that it can be completely different for people who play this game, depending on the choices you make. And we've seen that before in like uh, Telltale games, right? And it does kind of remind yes. me of a Telltale game. Um, I just feel like this one's flushed out a little bit better than some Telltale games are. Um, I'm having fun with it. It's not as far as like how it looks. It's fine. I wouldn't say it's great. Um, it's kind of like a it's it's set in the 90s so it does kind of give you that like early 90s polygon vibe a little bit um but yeah i mean so far it it's been interesting i feel like it's not a very long game i think they said you can get through a playthrough in like five to seven hours um but if okay. you want to go through and get like there's three endings if you want to get all the endings it's like 10 to 15 hours i guess um but yeah it's uh it's been pretty good so far just a little change of pace from like constant you know fps or whatever we're playing nowadays it's nice to kind of step back it's been a nice break from demon souls for me when i get too frustrated with demon souls i'll yeah. drop over to road 96 um so check that one out that one's on game pass 
match point tennis is also on game pass i don't know if people know this but like i love playing tennis games i always have going back to like sega used to make a tennis game that i loved um this is not that this game sucks uh (laughs) i was really hoping it would be good you know because like mario aces was fine but sometimes i really want like a career mode in a tennis game and this has this but it's so like it's so half-assed it's ridiculous like there's like five options when you create your character as far as like clothes um and, and face uh and then like you go to the you know your your screen to progress your career and it's like do you want to practice today yes no okay all right well here's your next championship and like that's it so i need a little bit more than that gameplay's fine um it's it's passable as a tennis game so if you're looking for just a straight tennis game that's i guess this will do um but yeah it's it's not what i wanted out of it but the big one is dj max respect five or v um (laughs) for those who don't know and, and you guys wouldn't know i straight up texted both of them when it yes. when i found it on game pass and i was like have you guys heard of this game this game's insane um so i did stream it so if, if you missed that i think it's still up on our twitch page i don't think it got taken down because of music but um dj hero anime fever dream is that accurate barry <laughs> yeah this <laughs> i'm trying to think of the best way to g- explain it yeah, this and people who have heard of these games, these like type of like DJ sort of button press games are very popular yep. in Japan. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And usually there's like six or eight buttons. This one yep. at least starts you off with, I think, two or four. Four, I think six. Four. But the side tracks. Yep. Yep. Would be counting as six. So I think like that portion of it is where it's trying to maybe modernize itself and be a little bit more to American friendly. Yeah. Part of like, like a lot of the songs are fun. I mean, I don't know like any of these songs, save for like two. It's a lot of um, Japanese style anime type music, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, playing on a controller, I was looking it up and it does seem like mo- majority of the top players do play on uh, like a, they use a PlayStation controller. Um, okay. But I have to admit that I did look at the official DJ Max controller online. They are $250. I don't there know. If I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to drop that, but it would feel like it would be a lot easier because those buttons are just right there in front of you, and I don't have to yeah. like hold the controller at a weird angle. Um, but I really, really enjoy this game. Um, it's fun. I rhythm games are like my Kryptonite, Rock Band, DJ Hero, DDR, you name it. If it's a rhythm game, I'm in. Um, so I'm having a ton of fun with this. I don't know if I'll go down the route of buying an official controller. But uh, for the time being, man, it's great. And the fact that they just dropped it on Game Pass out of nowhere is crazy to me. Um, yeah. it reminds me of it reminds me of Barry, you and I trying to learn Osu, but I was terrible at that game. So this one is just a lot better. For to be me. fair, I'm still terrible, too. I'm terrible at Osu. <laughs> so it's it's all right. I completely yeah. understand. Yeah. But I feel like I can progress farther in this game. I feel like yeah. it was made more for me than the other one was. But yeah, definitely check that one out. That one's great. I think it'd be an incredible, dedicated move to drop two hundred and fifty dollars yeah. on a controller yeah. to use for a Game Pass game. Like, think about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can, honestly. And no, when the game comes I, off I of Game you. Pass, he has to buy it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's five of them, right? So, like, there's a lot of backlog yeah. there that I could use. 
That's true. Probably, maybe probably on the PC. You probably maybe end I can up going to the PC versions. Make one of these guitars behind me work with it or something on PC, and I'd maybe. probably be good to go. Oh, that would be Rockstar right there. But that's all I got for games played this week. All right. I guess we're going to move on into a television shows, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll just start with like what I watched and then I'll just let you two uh, also talk about what you watch and then I can go into it more. But I spent the last six days going through season three and four of Stranger Things. And yes. I laughed and I cried and <laughs> I was angry and then I was happy. I went through a lot of stuff, but we'll talk about that. Uh, what did you guys watch mm-hmm. this week? Uh, Craig? Oh, he's throwing it to me. Um, well, I've, we've been waiting to talk about Stranger Things, so that's at the top of my list. Um, and then the other thing I watched is I literally just got back a couple hours ago from seeing Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, for me, it was pretty much Stranger Things. I haven't really finished off anything. I've been watching. Uh, just started the Umbrella Academy. Um, yeah, other than that, a bunch of seasonal anime just stopped, and I'm not gonna. I'm, don't worry, I'm not gonna do that to you guys. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna retreat into your corner. No, uh, I can't. The one thing I will say, I guess, is, let's see here. Spy X Family is an awesome show. It is so much fun to watch, and it's definitely one of the highest rated ones. Uh, and the only other one I'll give a shout out to is Kaguya Sama Love Is War. It is a really funny really like it is an actually funny rom-com uh that i i love a lot if if you guys are any have any interest there is a dub there is a dub for it it's completely done uh that i think you guys would enjoy too it is a really really good rom-com and it's actually one of the highest rated uh anime on my anime list so just so just so you guys know okay that's Um, that's saying a lot because your anime list is is a pretty stacked it's long. a lot of different things yeah it's long yes it's, a long list. it's filled with a lot of trash but i wouldn't recommend trash <laughs> to you guys or at least i wouldn't tell you guys to make to me or at least make you guys watch trash i watch yeah. trash you food wars you remember food, food wars, wars Craig. i do i watched an episode of food wars <laughs> food wars is a certain type of trash <laughs> scarred for life but i did watch an episode Barry, you're the second person to talk about Food Wars in the last like week or two to me. I know oh why God. you say that. I haven't seen an episode, but I was oh my God. basically it was just watch the first episode. It's hilarious. Like the first oh, episode man. is hilarious. It is just so funny. So uh, over the top. I don't yeah, know if I could do because, it because well, people don't know what to expect when getting yeah. into those types of anime, and it doesn't start off that way. Mm-mm. And then at the mm-hmm. end, it is just full send. Like there, it is. You were on it a train, and there send. is no stop, and there is no stopping that train. So yep. it's oh, it's just, man. I I always love seeing people's reaction to that type of like I guess anime because yeah. Yeah. they've never seen anything like it before. Like that kind of thing is not on American TV, and it's can, just hilarious. I can appreciate that. Like that first episode, like it does kind of draw you in because you're like, okay, an anime about cooking. Like I can get behind this. And then when you get food style, yeah, yeah, and when you get to the end of the episode, you know right away whether you're going to fully buy into this type (laughs) of show, or you're going to sit back and be like, "Oh no, this ain't for me." Like it's a it's immediately apparent when you end that first episode, and you have that like three seconds before Netflix goes to the next episode to back out and save your life, or just dive in and forever be stained. Um, 
I backed out. Doesn't mean I could jump back in later, but man, what a wild ride that first episode is. Why are yeah, we talking like, about uh, Food Wars? I don't know, but I feel <laughs> like the song Do I Stay or Do I... Corner. Yeah. <sighs> I, like, it's got to be... Like, I, I had it described exactly the same way that you guys just mm-hmm. talked about it, where it's it's just... Somebody told me to just go and watch it. He's yep. a co-worker of mine. He's like, just go watch it. And he even said that he likes watching it with people to see their reaction. Oh, God, That's no. like his favorite part about it. It's just like... <laughs> Don't just watch it with people. What, yeah, that's... He's like, I love watching it to see the reaction because you're going to either be on the train or you're going to be hightailing it. Yeah. After I would hightail it if other people were in the room with me when I was watching it. Mm. I'm the conductor <laughs> on the train. <laughs> Uh, you should at least watch the first episode this week just watch the first episode that way we can fully if you're going to be on my side or barry's side you have to watch the tie i'll definitely watch it i need a new anime (laughs) i don't know if that's going to be it but i need like at least a half an hour (laughs) of some type of anime show (laughs) that that ain't it it. it. (laughs) just don't do it oh my Um, god i love it (laughs) All right, let me give you, before we get into Stranger Things, let me give you the spoiler-free Thor Love and Thunder review, since neither of you have seen it, I'm assuming, right? Yes, I have not. Okay. Let's, let's, let's get the spoiler. Um, all right, I was a little nervous going into this movie because it's been uh, not tanking, but not doing well on rating-wise. Um, I think last I checked before today on Rotten Tomatoes was at like a 68 or 67, and it's kind oh, wow. of been dropping, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, I have of the opinion that it's a very, very good movie. Um, it's almost a romantic action comedy. Um, I know Mm -hmm. Thor Ragnarok was an action comedy, right? If you watch Thor Ragnarok and you enjoyed Thor Ragnarok, you know what you're getting into here. It's more of that. Um, but I will say that Christian Bale absolutely kills it as the villain fantastic um there was everybody is natalie portman is phenomenal um as jane uh Mm -hmm. and obviously chris hepsworth is phenomenal um everybody valkyrie is great i just the cast of characters is great you get a little bit of guardians in there um i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it it's like for recent movies, I think Doctor Strange and Thor are like super close to me. I don't know which one I like more right now. Um, I will say, again, I don't want to spoil anything. So I didn't look up anything going into this. And I suggest you do the same. Because when you finish the movie, and obviously Marvel's great about their post-credit scenes. Um, there is a character that gets introduced in the post-credit scene. That is played by an actor that blew my mind. Like my wife and I literally in the movie theater were like, oh, my God. Right. Because we didn't know. And I hadn't looked anything up. And thankfully, I hadn't seen anything on social media. So avoid that because that blew my mind. Um, Barry, I know you'll be excited. Um, Craig, it depends on what you've watched. That's all I'll say. If you'll know the person or not. But um, yeah, fantastic. Uh, we can, whenever you guys watch it or whatever, we can talk about it more in depth. But I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was very well done. All right. Yeah. I'm yeah. I plan on it. watching it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm surprised though that with the similar take as to Ragnarok, why it's mm-hmm. tanking? Because Ragnarok I was actually a breath of fresh air. So I know. and I go ahead. I was gonna say I had a conversation about this with a friend who recently okay. saw uh, it as well. He likes um, he likes Doctor Strange a bit more, but mm-hmm. I I have a feeling like the main thing here is we have Taika Waititi and yep. we know his style of movie, and it's a rom com sort of thing. But with Doctor Strange, it was such a different like Marvel movie that mm-hmm. it's going to make you feel one of two ways that love and thunder is probably going to make you feel okay. Like this is Marvel's safe ground. It's this type of movie. And that's how people feel. And they like that. Or people are going to watch this movie and go, it didn't break the mold in any way. I feel like that's Mm. the type of hero movies we're getting into with Marvel now where the Sam Raimi, Dr. Strange is shot so differently that people were excited at the fact that this is a really different Marvel movie. And people either hate or love that. And it's the same thing with Thor, where you're either going to be happy that it plays it safe and does the same Marvel formula that it's done, or you're going to be disappointed by the fact that it doesn't try to push the mold in any way. So yeah. I feel like that's that's what we get with these hero movies. I don't I wouldn't say it's like same old, same old, like they're doing some interesting things here, um, introducing new characters. Uh, it's shot. There's some shots in there that are like beautiful, absolutely beautiful that like, you know, kind of there's like a, a scene that's fully black and white um, and like with flashes of color that were just incredible. I thought it was incredibly well done. Um, I think I know I've seen like some of the complaints are like, you know, we've done how many TV shows and movies in this new phase and nothing's connecting yet. Like, when are we going to start connecting all the lines and figure out who the main villain is and these characters are going to start interacting with people? But I feel like yeah. when it comes to that, people forget how many years we did that in phase one, right? Like, how many Iron Man movies yeah. and, and Captain America and all that before they got together, before Avengers? Like, they're, they're doing what they've always done. They're setting up the world. And yes, they're not all interacting together, um, but they're getting to that point. Like, there's there's things in this movie that I saw and I was like, I remember that from this other movie recently, right? Like there's Mm -hmm. stuff in there. They just haven't done the whole team up yet. We don't even know who the team is yet. Um, You know, like who's, who's doing what? So yeah, I think people are just getting too picky with Marvel movies. I go in to have fun and I've had fun in every single Marvel movie so far. So that's about all I can ask for. (laughs) Yeah. I third that stranger things. Yeah, Ooh, let's do it. All right, let's. Uh, so before we do get into Stranger Things, just a full-on, flat-out spoilers. Yep. We spoilers are everywhere. Full in Ooh. to Stranger Things. I want to say anybody who leaves after this, I appreciate you listening. Please make sure to follow yeah. us, share the podcast, rate us, and everything like that. But if for whatever reason you haven't finished Stranger Things yet, um, as a message from our podcast. Go ahead and watch it before listening to this. I feel like it's not like Marvel spoilers, just like Craig said, but going in there with no expectation of what you're going to see is the best way to experience the finale here, especially almost all of season four. And there are some bad parts. I'll be completely honest. I'm not happy with the entire season, but 
Uh, go ahead and make sure to either watch Stranger Things or if you don't care, continue listening because it's full spoilers on ahead here. So, uh, go ahead, Craig. This is uh, if the, it's your segment. You're, you're the you're the one that finished it like just a little bit ago. It's freshest yeah. in your head. Yeah. How do you feel? I I don't want to spend too much time on season three. Yep. I just want to go right into four, but the amount of times that the director, the writers have really made the eighties come alive. The easy answer is music, but the amount of things that you just see that are just bringing things like uh, one of the antagonists in season three is basically Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's, it's flat out like an Arnold Schwarzenegger Russian it's that's that's mm-hmm. who it is like it it just moves like the terminator and acts like the terminator you know and there was just so many subtle things that they do and it's like there's dimensions you know you'll see like the mention nintendo or they'll mention just like some type of like person that was famous at the time or whatever but that being said i liked season three as a general whole, I enjoyed the invasion of the body snatchers type of route that they took, where it was just like flayed people doing the bidding. And how are they going to navigate the main antagonist, which is basically just like a giant monster that gradually gets bigger, but is part of like the mind flare, like kind of like the mind flares, like appendage or weapon or whatever. But I enjoyed uh, it capturing Billy's mind first and then just watching Billy build this army just out of like nothing. You know, he's the stud lifeguard. He's got 40 year olds staring at him while he's doing his lifeguard thing. And he's <laughs> I driving love Billy. It's, fast. So, it's so, he's I, so I, I like him. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. they did a good job with that part with uh, when he was actually just like with it and human 100 percent with all of those tropes of that type of character from an 80s time frame and how the women all in unison were like, hi, Billy. Like, there's just things <laughs> that you just see that just keep reminding you of the decade that it's supposed to be representing, you know? Um, it was great. I'm sure 95% of all of y'all listening had already seen season three, which is why I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. But it was great. I enjoyed it. Season four, so many emotions. I uh, I felt weird because they were all just separated. There was four storylines going on and it seamlessly was going back and forth between them. You had Hopper struggle, which... I don't know, man. That was a that was a that was an interesting change to his character for Hopper. Him being locked in that in that Russian jail, and you seeing the effects of the decision that he made at the end of season three that got him there. It wasn't really a decision. He really didn't have any time to get out of there, but he did. He did the right thing. He did the Hopper thing, which inevitably landed him in literally the gulag or not the gulag but might as well have been it's the gulag yeah. it's the gulag yeah uh so you had that side going on in the meantime you had everybody who was back in town and 
it was really interesting seeing the friends struggle without the entire friend group. You know, you have Elle and, um, oh my God. Max. They all, Max. Thank you. Cause like they are, they pretty all sure it's Max. Elle, yeah, Max. You're right. Yeah. L, no, Max it's and, not Max. And Will. It's Max Will. Max is the girl. It's Will. It's yeah, Will. Will. Sorry. It's, it's, mm-hmm. There's 15 standard American names in this show, so we're going to be You're, correcting yes, ourselves. Completely right. It's completely just right. every American name is in this show, and be- yeah. so in any case, you had them without their main group trying to just be normal. L specifically trying to be normal, dealing with bullying, yep. and dealing with what she feels not only a long distance relationship, but she's trying to almost reestablish her purpose like reestablish who she is and what she means to the people she loves and what she means to herself, not to mention being powerless as well, which was a weird L to see, by the way. Mm -hmm. And then you had everybody who was back home and you could tell that certain characters were obviously missing their best friend or missing a piece of them. What I think Stranger Things knows how to do, and regardless whether it's season four now or if we get to season 10, is what they did is they took a group of kids that you feel like you grew up with. They do a very good job of not killing really any main, main people. Like main, main people. So you can continuously. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So So you can really grow up with these kids. You can really see the decisions that they're making that are correct and what are they're not making, they add an adult cast that is very likable and they're the comic relief more so. The kids are going through the serious stuff and even the adults who are going through the serious stuff provide comic relief as they're going through it. You know, so it's not just the kids just being kids. But they, they have that algorithm where it's that central group, you love them, they keep adding people into new seasons and they do a very good job of having you quickly love them like munson oh my god <laughs> Ed, eddie eddie's I, the man eddie's the freaking man he is he just is yep. and i appreciated that they okay. really they really make you think in that first episode that he's gonna be a villain right yeah like you're just like oh man he's like the bully of the school and then they flip it on you and he becomes like one of your favorite characters. That's crazy. To yeah. Me. He's the kid who stayed back. Um, the school has forgotten about him. The adults forgotten about him. The kids have forgotten about him. And by the end of it, that last episode, man, really, I, I teared up. I teared up when he turned around and he stood back and he fought and he, and they had like the, I didn't, I, you know, I, I didn't run moment. <laughs> Yep. brought tears to my eyes there was a couple of times that brought tears to my eyes uh there was like probably i think there was definitely an l moment hopper and l definitely did as well but anyway uh the storyline is great i love how they really tied in the main antagonist uh one and bringing back the because they've been showing that flashback with l for a long time with the blood and she did it you know, you're led to believe she did it. Meanwhile, they're creating this Vecna character, which nice D&D nod, by the way, for mm-hmm. anybody who has ever played <laughs> D&D or if you were the, the nerd like me who didn't really play D&D, but enjoyed all of the 
the books that are associated with it, like reading them, because that's what I actually did when I was a kid. I used to read like the D and D books. I was not I was not cool enough to get into the D and D. Like I was never invited to play D and D, but I was like, hey man, can I see your your book about that? Like I was that guy. So uh, I love that it was like a central theme in what was going on and and honestly how the town was reacting to them all of a sudden becoming a cult i'm rambling it's fresh in my mind there's so much going on vecna (laughs) vecna is a great antagonist how they tied him and how he was created that two and a half hour last episode just bringing everything together and it, it, it it it's it it blew my mind it blew my mind i'm I enjoyed like in the beginning of the season, how it was very nightmare on Elm street where it's these kids were essentially it. They, they weren't flat out saying, don't go to sleep, but you can't tell me when you heard the clock or you saw them in real life. And then all of a sudden they were in the fantasy world themselves and they couldn't get out of it that you didn't get nightmare on Elm street vibes. So there's like mm-hmm. another aspect that they've brought into it, you know, that, that makes this, series so unique but vecna is a great antagonist they again brought on some great characters to to get in it i season one is still i don't want to ever say season one is not my favorite season season four brought a lot of ammunition to the table as to being it if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I like now that you guys are able to talk about it, I don't want to steal the floor completely because <laughs> I'm also the guy that just saw the last episode four hours ago. So I'm, I'm emotional still from it. Like, you know, yeah. so yeah, that's why I wanted like, you to talk about it first. Yeah. yeah. You guys go. I want to hear your takes, please. Um, I don't even care what order just somebody start talking about it. I'm, I'm in Very, it. Since like you and I both watched and then we had that time in between until those last two episodes came out, right? Like you did the same as I did. Mm -hmm. Do you looking back on it now? I really like this season four. Does it feel like that first half was just a giant buildup to get to those last two episodes? Like I enjoyed those episodes, but when I look back at them now, I'm like, they're good. But like, I was just like, all right, I just want to get to. Give me those last two episodes because those last two episodes, man, they just take off and go and you're just like holding yeah. on for dear life. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I felt like it was a ton of setup. Those first, what, seven, eight episodes, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could say episode seven is a really good lead into the mm-hmm. into the movie and everything like that. Or I, I call them movies because, to be honest, like yeah, they are. it. <laughs> That final yeah. episode just feels like you just went to the movie theater and just, yep. you know, yeah. watched the end of like a trilogy of some <laughs> of some kind. Like the one thing and I'll say, I did not like the Russia thing at all. Okay. Um, I think I well, I think in the end it's boring. And I, I I get that the whole point is to save Hopper, mm-hmm. but it's supposed to be this kind of three stringed attack on Vecna that mm-hmm. I don't understand why the the Russians literally come up with, oh, the metal particles went into the monsters. Like, they've never done that before. So it just mm. kind of felt like a really cheap way to make the, the parents' storyline of getting Hopper back um, 
to to them. And it they, it still was a cool scene, but I think maybe we could have written the Russian part better because like I'm glad they saved Hopper, but it yeah. just feels like a really shoot in way for the adults to feel like they did something during that last fight. Um, I, I almost feel like I mean I know Hopper at one point when they're coming up with this plan says like you know we'll kill all these demogorgons and hopefully that helps them somehow right like they kind of put it out there they're like i don't know if it's going to do anything but we'll at least try um and i guess it does technically help them right because it kills the what the bats when they do that somehow it also i I don't know if that i don't know if that's tied to the bats or not it's it's like that's where everything goes to crap for yeah yeah. Well, what they what they showed is when Hopper killed the last uh, Demogorgon. Yeah, with the sword. They, with the sword, they yep. showed Vecna scream louder or show more yeah. pain as L was incapacitating slash what they right. thought was killing him. So they they tied it in with like a millisecond of like when <laughs> yeah. that happened, you saw him like just scream a little bit louder. Is what they did. Maybe, maybe they could have just put something in there that was like, man, I guess that really didn't help them. You know what I mean? But at yeah. least, at least we killed the demogorgons or something. Otherwise, they could have just left and came home, right? Yeah, they were already and out. I was, they were already I out. was waiting. I was waiting for some sort of like big, and you do get the big reunite between Hopper and yeah. L. But I wanted like Elle to come out of that piggyback and the first thing she sees is like Hopper kind of like over her like, oh, my God, like or like, you know, you're OK. I would have felt like that would have been such an emotional sort of like a bigger emotional impact because what they could have done is they could have literally left the adults alone when they got on the helicopter and left. Yeah. And then your big surprise is that Hopper is back at home and you get to see Elle's reaction to like her coming out of that ice bath. He would Not have had the to, adults. He would have had to find her in the random pizza place they were in though. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But who yeah. knows? Like, you know, yeah. may, maybe, you know, Will's mother is crazy. She could have just put a G, you know, GPS tracker on him or 80s? something like that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. saying. So it's, it's just stuff like that that I really like that that Russian storyline. I just felt like it was a little shoehorned in a little too hard just because, you know, you mentioned it. Hopper's like, hopefully it helps. Like, yeah, you could have came up with something that was at least a little bit better, whether or not it was closing a gate. Maybe that was in there in there or something like that. You could have done something. I feel like a little more, but right. I can't go without talking about this series without mentioning the last episode of um, season one with Max running out of the uh, upside down, like with her headphones on, mm-hmm. that was like, I was just so on the edge of my seat. Like it was just so heart pumping to see that and was like, is she going to make it? Is she not going to make it kind of thing? And then I, uh, Craig, we already talked about it. The Eddie yeah. master of puppet scene. Yeah. I lost my mind. That was so yep. good. Um, so good. Was so good. I almost feel like, don't you feel like, like we, I saw that in their first trailer for this season, right? You see him on top playing his guitar and the whole time I'm watching the show, I'm like, where is that? Like, where is that? (laughs) This, this scene. And then when they're saying, I literally looked at like my wife and we're watching, I'm like, this is it. This scene's coming when he's like, we got to go distract him. I'm like, it's, this is it. What song is he going to play? What is this? Yeah. Yeah. 
couldn't have been a better song though honestly couldn't have been yeah yeah it, were... no they couldn't they could not have picked a better song and on top of that too like it was it was so satisfying because a lot of the a- after that part one of season four everybody was like oh what's everybody's song and yeah. i saw a lot of people suggesting eddie's song should be master of puppets he didn't yeah. need the song to yeah. be uh to like be his get out thing but he literally played one chord mm-hmm. of master of puppets and i look over at my roommate and i had chills all over my <laughs> all over my arm because i yeah. was like yes yep. this was it was it was awesome it was everything uh that that was definitely like the highlight of it all for me, just because like I I'm a big Metallica fan and Master of Puppets is a classic, beyond classic. Oh, it is a classic. For, for oh them. yeah, and you know like people really like to dig into like shows and stuff. And I had seen online people were saying that when they were lining up uh, the time frame this takes place in and when Master of Puppets actually came out, they were saying that like the time frame between it coming out and him playing this would have been like a matter of weeks that he would have had to learn that song after hearing it, which just makes it that more impressive that like, you know, canon wise, he heard this album cause it just came out and immediately went and learned how to play it and was ready to go a week or two later, which is cool. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's very cool. I don't know if they thought of it that way when they were writing it. Um, but I will pretend like they did. Cause that's cool. <laughs> that's a lot of credit to them. Yeah, that is a lot of credit <laughs> yeah. to them. No, I was just gonna say, like, how do you, Barry, how do you feel about Vecna? I think Vecna, he's not my favorite villain. I did like his whole like roots and story yeah. and everything like that. I thought that that was good. Um, I mean, he's the he's the big boss, right? He's the final boss. He, he controls everything. But I don't think he is. He has to be like but... they already said the. The mind flare was him, right? Because he's obsessed yeah. with spiders. That was him. Um, well, so, no, yeah. I, th- I, yeah, I think it. I don't know if he was creating it, but well, he, was, he, he had it. I thought the, I thought the whole it. thing was that the mind yeah. flare was talking to him like it talked to Will. Maybe. I think yeah. I thought that's what he was getting at. Um, they had that, that, there was that scene when he was still a kid and he was literally drawing the mind flare on a piece of paper from when he was a kid. And I don't know, like, I took that as like, oh, he created this thing when he was in the Upside Down forever, when L banished him pretty much. And he's walking around and he said he was discovering things. I don't know. Maybe that is the case. And the Mind Flayer found him. Um, I just, in my mind, I was like, oh, he made it somehow. Like, he took whatever was in the Upside Down and created this thing. No, I think he's like the commander. Like, the second, the, the second hand, you know, think of, we have... And we have, you know, the emperor from, like, let's say Star Wars. And yeah. then his commander was Darth Vader. I think that's what Vecna is. Vecna is Darth, Darth Vader, Vader, where yeah. the where the mind flayer is the uh, is technically the emperor. Like there's there's like small subtle things like I'm I could see your point, Barry. I just I don't know, because, yeah, it seems like he fashioned the mind. Fl- it seemed like the mind flayer was just a, a mass of like i don't know energy or whatever and he harnessed it and was able to like semi-control it the only reason i state that is just how much control it looks it looks like vecna has on the general world like how many times do they say not to step on vines due to the hive mind Mm -hmm. and 
but like it, it it seemed like he had his own area that he was in control over so to speak but it also seemed like if you're either looking at the bats or whatever like it just seems like they're all an extension of what he's thinking or what he's inevitably trying to get done in terms of his overall goal like i see where you're coming from barry but yeah, it yeah just, just just for... think just think of that stuff though as technically the de- the Death Star from Star Wars is what <laughs> is what I'm Star getting Wars. at. The, I, think I don't he know. Found it's like it. he found it and found a way to control it, right? See, and I and I think the Mind Flare was already there, and then when he came to the Mind Flare, the Mind Flare gave him that rank of general and gave him all that power. I. I I guess we'll find out, huh? Yeah, we'll, find I, we'll out. have. Well, I'll have to rewatch that scene because yeah. uh, maybe, maybe I took it wrong, but I'm, I'm yeah. like confident in a strange way that that is how it went. I like yeah. that we can both have like different opinions, though. I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah. The only yeah, the only last thing I'll say is that it just seemed like before one slash uh, the other seven thousand names he goes by before yeah. one got there, it looked like it looked like they were all flora and fauna like earth was until we decided to just tear it up like that's what that's what it looked like it looked like everything that's there was just living there and just doing its thing the only person or the only entity in the upside down world that actually really wants to merge the two and has worked to to do that ever since he was banished there was one that's what it looks like. It looks like the mind flare was just cool being whatever <laughs> kind of mass it was. And yeah. Demi Gordon's and even everybody down to dart were fine being in the upside down world, except for one because of his anger towards just humanity and yeah. 11. So I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I agree. It's to- yeah. Well, I I'm excited to see like, you know, it's what two years from now when we get the next one or whatever to see like what yeah. where they go with it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's been apparent that like Vecna's whole thing is just finding a way to get out of the upside down, right? Like that's his whole goal because he. Just oh, I turns... thought his. I, I'm pretty sure his whole goal is just to destroy Hawkins. I don't think he, he cares. He does He's have destroying... Hawkins. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's Hawkins and I think World. As yeah, well. I think destroy it's... the whole world. Yeah. Yeah. Through Hawkins stereotypical bad guy yeah <laughs> just hates the world but i think it was i'm really torn as far as favorite season because i really liked the fight in the mall at the end of season yeah. three i thought that was so yeah. cool. that was good um but like barry said this that last episode of season four is a two and a half hour blockbuster movie that's yeah. insane um and just sets up I know they said the fifth season is the last one, right? So sets up like this insane last season where you know they're just going to be cutting people out of the show and killing them off all over yeah. the place. You know, like you just know it's coming. I'm like, if they could get it done by next year, that'd be great. But I know it's not going to happen. Uh, um, if <laughs> when, when they do, I vote that they get rid of Jonathan first. I'm tired of his character. <laughs> I'm a little tired of you. Hate, you don't well. like Jonathan. I Nobody likes Jonathan. I, <laughs> I it's it's I don't like Jonathan nearly as much as the other like eleven children in the freaking show. Yeah. Like it's Nancy just, needs it's to just... be with Steve, and Nancy, Jonathan really yeah. doesn't have a purpose. I feel like they'll give him like his moment to shine and maybe save some people, 
But yeah, I think he's going to be gone in the last season. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess Will we'll see. Is, yeah. Will is there specifically to let them all know when there's evil afoot. Yeah, that's, <laughs> he doesn't do anything that's, else. <laughs> that's all he does. He's 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 yep. approaching a a Bran or a Bron from um, Game of Thrones for me. He's becoming a little bit more boring than when he was missing. <laughs> just, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. But, they just no, don't have anything wrong. for him to do. That's the problem. They don't. You're not wrong. Now, granted, these are in relation to every other character. Like, if Jonathan right. was amidst four characters, I probably wouldn't say that. I'm saying that. I'm saying that. Uh, what's Lucas's sister? Erica is more yeah. exciting to me in the last two seasons than Jonathan and even Will at this point. Like, that's what I'm saying yeah. is there's certain I people agree. that are kind of moving to the to the back. Erica, yeah. who I thought was really annoying, really grew on me quick. Like yep. she, she just she. kind of full on, yep. like becomes part of that group, even though she's been torturing Lucas. Yep. for who know for you know yep. the entire series and i will say they took a really cool turn i thought with lucas's character you know they did. lucas is tired of being an outcast lucas wants to be part of the popular kids and these popular kids are bad like let's be like you know right. they're you know they're the reason for a lot of the pandemonium going on in their manhunt for eddie and let's be honest I don't even know if the dude loved Chrissy just because like he, I don't know. I get that Chrissy died, but like you're in high school. It's, I don't know. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's that kind of thing to where like the pandemonium they spread is pretty, pretty outrageous for a couple of high school kids to he's, have control. He's that stereotypical uh, star of the football team from an eighties and nineties horror movie. That's all he was. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah like, and is there to antagonize the main characters. Yeah, and like I get that the like they just won the championship, so he's yeah. kind of like the god in, mm -hmm. you know, the, the the god of the whole thing. But uh yeah, like I thought Lucas's character arc was really good. Um it doesn't it doesn't feel like Jonathan Will and Mike do a lot, to be completely honest. It's just yeah. for them it's a fetch quest to find L yeah. and then when they complete the they fetch did quest. Find her. They they yeah, they give completed him some the credit. fetch quest. Yeah, I, they they completed the fetch quest, but right. they did complete. You know, the fetch it's quest. for 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 L. It's kind of like she's the she's the main part of the story, and then right. so is that group with Steve and the kids because they do so much of the research to yeah. find out yeah. who and what is going on. Yeah, I'm sure they'll all have the those three will have a bigger part in the last season. But yeah, they I just don't know what you can do with them in this season to make them more useful because. They don't have any powers. They're not like Steve and Nancy going into the upside down and fighting things. They're just, yeah, they're just there to get L from point A to point B. That's their whole purpose yeah. in this season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, like that, that's all I got for it. How about you guys? If you guys yep. feel like you've, you've let yeah, out all I your think, emotions. I think I've think said so. everything. Uh, the Rest only other thing I'll mention. Yeah, the only other thing I'll mention since you mentioned the jock is I think it's hilarious that the jock was doing so much to try to make the Hellfire Club sound like a cult that he mm -hmm. ended up creating a cult mentality in the town yeah. out of it. I mean, that 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 gun, the gun store scene where what looked like everybody in town was buying a gun at the same time. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> like everybody was in there buying guns. And it was insane that just he was creating that uh, hysteria in the town based off of trying to make the Hellfire Club seem like a cult when in actuality what he was doing was being the uh, catalyst for that type of mentality amongst the town. So that's that's yeah. the other thing I wanted to mention, just because you mentioned the jock. I forget his name. And he got his comeuppance at the end anyway. I rewound yeah. that part two or three times, actually, because I'm a weirdo and I hated him. Yeah. No. But I had to see him you die. Like, you like seeing him getting his butt beat. I'm all for yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, I'm good. I can't wait for season five. Cool. All right. So thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Hopefully you guys like the whole spoiler thing we went into with Stranger Things. If you guys like the podcast, please make sure to share it and review it on your podcasting listening platform of choice. And for YouTube, please make sure you like and subscribe and share the video if you liked it. If you're interested, we have an Instagram, a Twitter, and a Facebook that we have on there. You're more than welcome to like us and follow us for updates or giveaways, mostly on Instagram and Twitter. I'll be completely honest there. We then have a Twitch, which we are uh, we seem to be getting into the into the role <laughs> of now. Craig went ahead and did uh, did some streaming. I'm gonna do some streaming this week, and yeah, yeah. We'll 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 get back to it and make sure that we do our parts with uh, the streaming portion of things. It's it, it'll be fun. I'll try to come up with some fun games. Who knows? If you guys beg enough for it, maybe I'll do Smash again. I know everybody loves when I played Smash, so yeah. it, I'm a I'm a different guy. But I guess I could try to channel that a bit more if I really. Need I'm to. a different guy. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what that Barry is. He's he's not recognizable to me. So, you know, with that, thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you guys next time. See See you later. See you later.